podcast intent for information on educational purposes only, not for the purpose of rendering medical advice. As always, information should be pulled from multiple credible sources. Cross reference wormlet your almost accurate hypothesis. Evans can support always seek the advice of a physician or other qualified healthcare provider with any question regarding a medical condition. <gasps> this is the actual PT podcast, where actual problems meet actual evidence, producing actual results. And your hosts, Troy Lind and Taylor Flocken. Hello, actual PT Nation. Actual PT Nation. It is uh, your hosts, the greatest hosts on the planet, Troy Lind and Taylor Flocken. What's good, Taylor Flocken? What's good? Uh, a lot of good things are good today. It's a beautiful, uh, sunny uh, weather outside. Um, it is, it is. It getting is. a little cooler at night, though, up here. Finally. Finally. I, I'm except like, there's like 92 yesterday here. I was sweating. Yeah. You don't I like was, the heat. I love the heat. Bring no, on the heat. I, I was withering. <laughs> With, withering, he says. Well, today, actual PT Nation, we are talking about, we kind of alluded to what episode we were going to do today on our last episode, and it's kind of almost a part two to the last episode, but today we're talking about carpal tunnel syndrome. If you were wondering, it is the most common upper extremity nerve compression syndrome that occurs to individuals and i believe i saw some statistics that happens to anywhere between three to twelve percent of the working class population is one study i saw uh in a random systematic review i read this morning a lot of people get this thing a lot, a lot of people get it yeah a lot of people get it and uh, some say it's no bueno um i would argue it's very no bueno it's very no bueno. yeah um if you listen to last week you kind of already know uh we as PTs are not the best at treating the, uh, these type of uh, peripheral nerve issues. All humans other than surgeons aren't very good at treating these issues. That's actually maybe a better way to put it. <laughs> yeah. 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 So what is carpal tunnel syndrome? I know we talked about peripheral nerve entrapment before, yes. but how, what exactly is happening for this? Because this is kind of one of those hot topic, hot buzz issues mm. that everyone talks about. So what is it, Taylor? Well, it is a peripheral nerve entrapment at a specific spot, Mr. Roy. You see, with the peripheral nerve entrapments, it just means that a nerve is getting stuck somewhere. Um, And that could be because of structure surrounding it. It could be because because of swelling. Um, And it could also be potentially because of what we call that double crush syndrome we were talking Uh about last week, where... Very frequently, uh, people with these peripheral nerve issues, they have a problem that they have a pr- problem in two spots. And one of the most common spots is the neck. We're talking about the kinks again. Is that what yes. you about? You like to bring up kinks a lot. Yeah, yeah, yeah. So to kind of uh, explain that, if you want to imagine a nerve kind of like that water hose we were talking about last time, um, whenever... You have a kink in two spots. You have a kink in two spots, yeah. <laughs> with one kink, you're probably okay. Two kinks, you're not doing good. <laughs> Correct. And so the carpal tunnel just refers to a very specific spot of entrapment. It's entrapment of the median nerve um, as it goes through the carpal tunnel. Carpal is, that, is that the tunnel um, of in, the Col- in Colorado when you're heading west into the mountains? No, it's the carpal tunnel. Oh. It's the carpal. Where's that at? It's the, well, carpals refers to the bones of the wrist. It's oh. Uh, oh. Oh. not in a ge- geographic Oh, I was area. thinking of the Eisenhower. The Eisenhower tunnel? Is that not the same thing? 
Did you go to school? <laughs> <laughs> so what passes through the carpal tunnel then? Well, uh, what passes through it is our median nerve, which um, for you anatomy people out there, uh, we, we, we know that's just kind of like a distant branch of the median nerve, but we're just kind of keeping it simple. The three, I guess, like major motor nerves as they leave the brachial plexus, you have your median, your radial, and your ulnar. And this median, it, he's just going straight down the wrist right there. He starts getting uh, a little stuck because it's a very tight, narrow space. A lot of things have to go through it. Tendons, arteries, uh, veins. Nine tendons, to be exact. Nine, Nine tendons. tendons. Oh, you looked did, it up this morning. You did do your homework. Yeah. yeah okay. Um, so, yeah, for people with this, um, typically whenever there is a nerve entrapment, you have symptoms kind of past where the kink is or at where the kink is. Um, this can exist uh, in terms of things like pain. Um, may also have nervy type symptoms, burning, tingling, numbness, um, those sensory changes. Uh, people sometimes are also um, hypersensitive. Uh, things just, you know, feel like tickly, I guess would be a good word to put it. Mm -hmm. And then um, in severe cases where the motor part of the nerve is really just, it's just not getting through enough, you may even see muscle atrophy. Um, uh, hands that, you know, just, you can really see the bones like the bones are just really defined. Um, that's kind of what we're really looking at here. And we're looking at it in a specific spot uh, that we call the thenar eminence. That's that's that uh, kind of that big uh, fatty part right below your right below your thumb. Thumb, yeah, on the, mm -hmm. yeah, on the outside of the hand. Yeah. Um, did you talk about who all, what patient population this uh, hits the most? Oh, yeah. There's a huge list. Yeah, yeah. Um, I mean, typically middle-aged uh, people, uh, women more so than men, but men also get it very commonly. Um, the use of uh, different drugs definitely um, increases your risk of it. Alcohol being a huge one. Um, smoking also increases risk. Um, I feel like I'm missing a big one. Oh, occupational hazards. Pregnancy also. Oh, pregnancy. Yeah, pregnancy yeah. swelling. That's a big one. Yeah. Pregnancy and is a yes, big one. occupational is probably the primary yeah, and I was reading something this morning, um, especially jobs where there's a lot of um, vibration. Uh, mm -hmm. I guess the nerves, they don't like the vibrations. Or uh, another one that's huge that uh, you see a lot in like workers' comp type of cases, sustained grasping or repetitive activity. Yes. So like a lot of people working with tools like screwdrivers mm -hmm. and stuff where you need a tight grasp for long mm -hmm. amounts of time working on wrenching on something. Mm-hmm. You're just kind of asking for it there. Yeah. Um, one profession, though, or I guess like type of work that um, this is, a, I guess, like a little uh, counterintuitive uh, against public knowledge. Um, the Lots of computer work. Um, it's one of those things that it can potentially be an aggravator, but it's very unlikely to be your cause. Um, a lot of studies have shown that while computer work does it does raise the pressure of the carpal tunnel somewhat. It's not enough to be at harmful levels. Mm -hmm. um, so while while you have carpal tunnel, it may be aggravated by computer work, but it's unlikely to be the thing that actually caused it. Yeah, the driving factor. Mm -hmm. Mm -hmm. Yeah. And do you talk about exactly which fingers they usually notice a lot of these things to occur? Ooh. So typically, so median nerve fingers, we're going to be thinking uh, thumb, pointer, ring, and then... The uh, one half of your uh, ring finger, uh, the half that's closer to the middle finger. 
Yeah. Mm-hmm. So, yeah, just to summarize, uh, if you are being suspecting that you might have this, you're looking at those fingers, correct? And you're looking at pain. Yep. Numbness. Yes. Um, you're looking at uh, loss of dexterity, possibly, maybe dropping things oh, yeah. or something like that. Mm-hmm. Um, and then, you know, some people do have, uh, that's, you know, that smaller, you lose that muscle mass, that atrophy in the phenar. Mm-hmm. And, and then some people do have a uh, pain proximal even to the wrist, right? Cause as you said, pain where it gets pinched mm-hmm. or distal to where it gets pinched. And sometimes if it's coming from the neck a little bit, be proximal. Oh, absolutely. You might feel it in the forearm a little bit. I've had people tell me they feel it more in the forearm. Oh, that's interesting. Yeah. Yeah. Um, so now moving forward, so that's your sign and symptoms. So that's what you're looking for. And so I recently found the uh, clinical practice guideline recommendations from um, the APTA. And it, this was an article published by the JOSPT. But uh, this, this clinical practice guideline was published in 2019, and it was based on uh, systematic reviews. I'm just going to kind of summarize it real quick just before we dive into the treatment. So basically it's saying for diagnosis of this, you want to do everything. You want to look at an extensive history of the signs and symptoms, which is everything we just listed, right? You want to go through and if you're the person that is exhibiting the symptoms that we just listed, then you're probably going to be at the top of the list for what we're thinking of for carpal tunnel. Now getting into it, when diagnosing it, the... Clinical practice guideline breaks it down into three severities, mild, moderate, and severe. Wow, technical terms. Yes, yes, very <laughs> technical. And so mild basically just states that you have intermittent symptoms. So mm. if you're having the symptoms that we talked about, kind of di- uh, uh, pain or numbness in those three or four fingers, um, but it's only come and goes, and maybe it's only at night, Usually, uh, a lot of systematic reviews demonstrated that it's usually nighttime it's worse Mm -hmm. um, because of positioning. When you sleep, a lot of people have their wrists curled up, stuff like that when they sleep. Um, Then you're in the mild stage. Moderate is you're looking at... The only thing that separates mild from moderate is instead of intermittent symptoms, now you have constant symptoms. Ooh, that's not good. That's no bueno, as some would say. Mm -hmm. I'm one of those. You're one of those no buenoers. So constant symptoms, it's happening all the time, day and night. Um, and to do, and if this is occurring, then you need to do what we call a, uh, Symes Weinstein monofilament test, uh, for the layperson out there. Don't, it's just like a little wire that you push to yeah. test light touch is and, all it is. Yeah. Yeah. And like the wire based off its thickness, it's designed to like not bend until an exact amount of force is put through it. Yeah. Which is 3.22. Three, that's. 3.22 is the filament size. Oh, I wonder how many grams that's rated yeah, I don't for. Know. I'm not sure. But uh, yeah, that's, the, that's the cutoff, if you're wondering, for anyone out there. Like, for the PTs out there, 3.22 is what you want to use. Mm-hmm. And you're just t- testing that on any radial finger. So just as we said, you're checking to test sensation. If yes. you have diminished sensation in the fingers, if you do, if that's positive, that's a 90% accuracy, diagnostic accuracy, to show that you do have mod- moderate carpal tunnel syndrome. Mm. Uh, to progress to severe, what you can identify is uh, the thenar muscle, thenar eminence muscle atrophy that we were talking about. So that that kind of pad of muscle at mm-hmm. the base of the thumb. If that's atrophied, you're automatically in severe. But then you can also do the 3.22 monofilament. We just talked about testing as well, which yeah. also still has 90% accuracy. So um, 
there's your three categories. With that being said, all evidence that we've seen from the several systematic reviews I read, as well as this CPG, demonstrate that physical therapy is really only beneficial, or conservative treatment, I should say, in general, yeah. is really only beneficial in mild and moderate cases. Yeah. They basically say that CPG states that if you identify someone or you identify yourself with severe uh, carpal tunnel syndrome, then you should just work towards immediate uh, surgical consultations mm -hmm. because uh, conservative care is probably going to fail. And with that being said, they also provided a fun statistic. Well, I don't want to say fun because it's not fun, but a <laughs> statistic. And that statistic is for some individuals with CTS, carpal tunnel syndrome, mm -hmm. non-surgical management is curative. However, more than 50% of patients undergoing non-surgical management progress to surgery within one year. More. That's than more than 50%, <laughs> Taylor. <laughs> we, we, we were talking about that, uh, that study uh, prior to recording it. Every single time, I was just like, almost 50%. Or 50%. <laughs> oh, 50, and I like, just no, more than 50, try, Taylor. <laughs> trying to make it somewhat more positive. Yeah, yeah. We're, <laughs> yeah we're, we just don't have a great answer for, for these things. And we, we said that last week with peripheral nerve issues. Yeah, yeah. And, and case in point, like... In the CPG, they give grades for uh, what evidence supports, like uh, A through D or F. And so all of the – the only thing that has B-rated evidence for it, for uh, interventions, for conservative treatment, is neutral positioning wrist orthosis worn at night for short-term relief and functional improvement. So basically, you're wearing a nighttime wrist splint with your wrist in neutral. Every, that's the only one that has B-rated evidence. The rest is C. So the rest is it may help, it may not. Basically, we don't know. I thought um, there were there were other Bs. <laughs> yes. Oh, there's other Bs. Uh, there's a list of what not to do with great evidence. So, so just for fun, uh, number one, B-rated evidence, which is solid evidence supporting that you should not do this. The use of magnets. 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 Don't and, use and magnets to treat carpal tunnel syndrome, Taylor. Are you talking about those little uh, little infomercial wristlets? <laughs> you know, like bracelets? Yeah, and yeah, wristlets. <laughs> wristlets? I think uh, any form of magnet will not help this, Taylor. Well, that's a, that's a shame. Yeah. The other one is iontophoresis. Oh. And yeah. laser therapy, which is hilarious because I see a lot of PTs who build laser therapy all the time out in the world, and it's a joke. B-rated, do not do. Yeah, do not do it for this. And um, iontophoresis being using uh, electricity to push medicine into uh, the carpal tunnel area. Likely some sort of uh, anti-inflammatory dexamethasone, maybe. Usually, yeah. yeah. But yeah, it says that it's not going to help because mm. it's a pressure issue, right? If there's it, a pressure occurring um, from a previous injury or yep. pregnancy or synovitis yep. um, or anything like that, then it's not, not going to help you. That's what evidence says. Mm. Um, but with regards for what we are able to, to do for you, other than the wrist splint, um, there's kind of a short list here that talks about, uh, you know, there's a lot of evidence that supports manual therapy, kind of three things, manual therapy, orthosis, and some type of dry needling or acupuncture is what it's usually mm -hmm. in the in the in the uh, evidence. It's listed as acupuncture for some reason, but um, dry needling probably because dry needling is a new hot topic kind of kind term. Of term. Thing. Yeah, um, 
But anyways, so Taylor, tell us what if you're if they if you're a physical therapist, they come in, you identify they have mild to moderate uh, carpal tunnel syndrome. What are you going to do? What does the manual therapy look like? What does the stretching look like? I know, yeah, you know, yeah. we talked about it occurring at possibly two spots. Mm-hmm. So kind of dive in on that just a little bit. I know, you know, it's it's kind of based on what everyone's signs and symptoms are. Yeah. And it's kind of yeah. based on how they respond to the treatment. But honestly, um, well, I mean, first off, I'm going to be honest with them. Tell them, you know, outcomes are really mixed with this, mm-hmm. uh, with conservative treatment. More than 50%. More than 50%. Yeah. And surgical. Yeah. Um, so, got to be honest up front. Tell them, hey, you know, this may not be the thing. Let's give it a shot, though, for, you know, a good couple of weeks. We'll throw what we have. If yeah. there's no improvement, I'm not going to get in the way of uh, getting you on to the next step, you know. Yeah. Um, but to kind of dive into what we're what I'm going to do, um, talking about manual tr- uh, therapy. So, that's kind of like using your hands doing either, like, deep tissue massage, um, maybe like some type of trigger release. Um, I'm going to be kind of going into a lot of the muscles above and below just to try and break up any stiffness, tension. And I may even gently go over the carpal tunnel itself, um, trying to stimulate some sort of circulation, um, try to yeah, and just try to get things moving a little bit more. Um, I'm also going to be kind of going under the uh, really clearing the neck, making sure that the neck is not also contributing to this because it seems like more times than not, there is some neck influence. So if we can make the neck a little bit better, we might be able to take a person moderate to mild. Um, also in terms of like the dry needling, um, needling muscles, like kind of around, around it. And I don't know, you took the course, uh, needling in the hand. Yeah, you can you can needle. Uh, I guess it depends on what level you are and where you got no. your schooling, kind of. Because oh, I, gotcha. I we didn't do any hand needling, but a lot of people just do um, uh, kind of like flexor. Yeah, uh, that, flexor muscle group, like I, is what I learned, and that's what I would do. Because really, what the evidence is showing that, like I said, it's only C-rated evidence, and it's just really for pain relief. Yeah. And, and you know there is a lot of evidence to support physical therapy in the severe cases, but that's only leading you know uh, symptom relief up. Re- leading up to surgical and post surgical relief because yeah I I also read a systematic review that showed a lot of uh, post operative the benefits of post operative uh, physical therapy which are huge because I don't know if you remember this or not but the wrist is one of the primary locations for chronic regional pain syndrome yeah I, remember that. I got uh-huh. that actually with my scaphoid fractures. Mm-hmm. Yep. Mm-hmm. So it's like one of the most common locations for chronic regional pain syndrome to occur. So uh, yeah. So kind of PT to kick into that, but really, yeah. So you'd be you just really needle and and what, when we if you remember earlier in the episode we talked about there being nine tendons that pass through the carpal tunnel. Those are all flexor tendons. So mm-hmm. it's your flexor compartment. Yeah. Therefore, if you were to theoretically needle those muscles, you might be able to increase blood flow, increase circulation maybe desensitize the nervous system to those muscles that might mm-hmm. be in pain. So that's your theory is that you're just trying to decrease pain, yeah. kind of decrease sensitivity to those muscles. And those are the muscles that are being affected or entrapped in there with the median nerve. Anyways, it, it, so. To me, it sounds like one of those things where it helps a problem feel better, but it does not make yeah. the problem better. Yeah, exactly. Yeah. Yep. And sometimes, yeah. <laughs> you know, that's and, and some of the cases where they're going to end up with surgery anyways, that's mm-hmm. really all you want is just yeah. them to be comfortable for as long as possible. But 
Um, another and, manual technique when you kind of spread the carpels apart, right? Oh, yeah. Kind of pushing. You're trying to basically, you're just picture someone having your hand with your palm up and they're kind of just pulling your two wrist bones, kind of where the carpal tunnel is, kind of trying to open it. Yeah. So you're just, all you're trying to do is just create some more space in the tunnel, theoretically. Theoretically. Um, you know, whether it helps or not, who knows. But, um, and then, you know. Oh, and then, uh, can't forget the, uh, Tendon and nerve glides. That's what I was going to say. Tendon nerve glides are basically, I feel like, 90% of what we would recommend for this. Mm -hmm. um, just getting those, again, manual uh, or uh, flexor tendons kind of passing through to try to decrease scar tissue or break up scar tissue. If, there if there's any, any adhesions. Any adhesions yeah. in there. Or, um, as Taylor said, cervical neck stretching, a lot of cervical spine treatment to make sure that it's not a... If it is a double crush... If you get rid of one of your kinks, yep. you know, theoretically the sec the flow will be better and maybe you might not need conservative or you might not need a surgical intervention uh, or symptoms or, manageable yeah. enough. Yeah. Or, you know, at very least push off the surgery for a little bit longer. Yeah. Yeah. Mm -hmm. And that being said, every systematic review I read, I think I read four this morning, every single one so says that... Uh, Conservative care happens the best in early stages. So one of the key, mm -hmm. it gives the CPG gives four or six different reasons why conservative care usually fails. One of them is duration of symptoms greater than or equal to one year. So basically saying once this becomes a chronic issue, once you're starting mm -hmm. to get the atrophy of the phenar eminence, yeah. once you're starting to get, uh, um, you know, uh, sensory impairment, once you start to get damage to these nerves, it's really hard to undo because it's just a really, I mean, it's so far down, yeah, down the wavelength or down the path of the nerve, the peripheral nerve, and it's just very hard to fix and redo without surgical intervention at that point. So mm -hmm. if you're starting to notice any symptoms at all, the earlier, the better. Yeah. The earlier, the better. And sometimes when you, you know, if it is cervical primary and it's mm -hmm. just the, the double crush, a lot of times that'll heal, fix itself up and yeah. it goes away, but... Another one of the other points of the six is basically not like a high, uh, an, an initial high score on one of the questionnaires. So you're like, you're really painful starting out mm -hmm. and no improvement with conservative care. So if you're really painful and nothing you do is helping, that's another indication that you're probably going to need surgery. Yeah. But overall, we just don't have very good. <laughs> Out, outcomes, outcomes or, or evidence to back what we do or yeah yeah no that part's a shame um and and what you said earlier i mean if you uh at home listener if you're having symptoms like you know some of the stuff we've described today and it's consistently happening you know for like two or three weeks straight i would go ahead and just go ahead and jump in jump on it yeah Don't i mean wait. i feel i feel like we're a broken record at this point i feel like every <laughs> week we just sit here and say the earlier, the better. The second and, you identify symptoms, mm -hmm. go get treatment because it's you're more likely to be able to address it. But here's another case and another point of how evidence even shows that the earlier you get on this, the better. The longer yeah. you wait, the worse your outcomes are, the more likely you're going to need surgery. Yeah, that nerve, um, I mean, it just keeps taking damage. And eventually it's at a point where uh, conservative uh, measures just aren't going to cut it. Yeah. And like I said, this is this article, the uh, CPG at least, was published in 2019. But even all the recent evidence I've looked through from the last year all still support the same thing. 
conservative yeah. care only demonstrates or basically physical therapy and any form of conservative care really only demonstrates benefits with mild and moderate. Mm-hmm. Once it becomes a chronic or severe issue, we no longer, yeah. it's kind of out of our hands. We're all, we're just kind of managing symptoms yeah. in post-operative operative management for scarring and, and so forth. Um, but that's really all we can do. Yeah. You did bring up a, uh, I think a great feature topic though, uh, chronic regional pain syndrome. Ooh, I would love to talk about that because I had that in both my wrists and it is atrocious. Ugh, ugh, yeah. And it makes no sense to your brain. No, no. It, it, to anybody but you, it makes no sense to explain it. Mm-hmm. Yeah, I mean, physiologically, uh, nothing is technically Ooh, wrong. I got a good story yeah. about a surgeon that I, uh, a wrist specialist like the the Ooh. best in ohio i went and saw him for my wrist and he looked at me like in all of hawaii oh or wait <laughs> <laughs> i meant ohio <laughs> oh you're talking about the hawaii of the east you the say. hawaii of the east ohio, ohio yes the hawaii of the east everyone knows it's the hawaii of the east I, but uh, yes i can't believe we made that joke so many times but i now call it hawaii <laughs> <laughs> um but yeah, yeah anyways that's for another that's for another day but uh no do you have anything else you want to throw in on uh, carpal tunnel syndrome and basically our lack of <laughs> of support for the listeners. <laughs> um, yeah. Uh, even though you know, as we said, we don't have like the best answer conservatively. Uh, still go in there, try to go in there optimistically. Take the uh, options honestly. Do what the PT tells you. Because um, the only way you're going to know if it works or not is doing if it. you do exactly what they tell you. Doing it, yeah, mm-hmm. and. A lot of people do have a lot. I mean, at the very least, mm-hmm. a lot of people do have a, a a reduction in symptoms with conservative care. There is yeah. there is evidence that supports there will. A lot of people have results. Mm-hmm. It's not great results with over half the people requiring intervention. But think about it. I mean, that's still slightly under or you know just around <laughs> under half. half that do not need the intervention. So. You know, I mean, it's tough, right? And it's one and two, basically. Yeah. But you might be that one. Who knows? Yeah, absolutely. But if you wait a year, or if you wait for it to get bad enough, then you're going to be the one that needs surgery. That's a fact. Mm-hmm. Yeah. Maybe we should be called the Actually Go Get it Looked At podcast. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, seeing how we end every episode, essentially, with the same thing. The, the, yeah. Yeah. Um, all right. Yeah, I think uh, that's all I had. But we do got to tell the audience uh, one more thing what to always, always stay, stay spicy no. actual no PT. the word's classy the word's classy classically spicy pt nation, nation. Oh, i don't like that <laughs> <laughs>